I found a place actually yesterday. I have a two bedroom federal voucher. I'm so excited. That was last Friday. I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Hey, hey. I was determined to do something and change something about what I was going through, what I can change as far as my journey, as far as being homeless. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? This is Sounds from the Street, where we get to meet the men and women who define street sense. DC's nonprofit media center dedicated to creating economic opportunities for people experiencing homelessness. I'm your host, Adam Campy, and today's guest is the resilient artist and filmmaker, Sasha Williams. Sasha's life, arguably more than most living on the margins, has been one long struggle. She'll share more on that later, but we're going to start on a bright note. Sasha and her daughter, Ebony, are moving out of D.C. General Family Shelter and into a place they can finally call their own for the first time ever. I am a voucher, yay! Yes, I dig in my housing voucher, two-bedroom federal voucher. I'm so excited. I found a place, actually, yesterday, and I'm really thinking more and more of go ahead and get it, Sasha, you know? It's your time. Enjoy it. That is so sweet. So can you explain how that process works, just briefly? You do an intake, and you do an assessment, and your case manager helps you to set that up, as well as getting resources and connecting you to the right people. When you go to Juicy General Family Shelter, so you do the housing assessment, and after you get your score from getting placed with either transitional housing, rapid rehousing, or permanent housing. So I took two housing assessments, but the second one I got permanent housing. So that's a great thing, permanent housing. So I'm excited about that. And then I went to a housing briefing. So with the housing briefing, I'm, you're told, you know, just important information that you need. You can apply to the places that you want to stay, apartments or townhomes. So you do get a selection. Yes, and you basically pretty much shop, you know, just network. Tell family or friends, you never know who might know something that's open. But you have to have that voucher to apply, though. When was the last time you were in permanent housing? Um, I think this is my first time in permanent housing. <laughs> so this is a big thing. My first place for me, Ebony. Yes. Amazing. That is so great. That's so great, And Sasha. it's like, I'm so, things are supposed to happen good, you know? So I'm glad that good things are happening. I deserve it. Ebony yeah. deserves it. We both get him what we deserve. Two bedroom. She's going to have her own room. Oh, that's so sweet. Ebony. And so we keep talking about Ebony. So Ebony is your daughter. Yes. And how old is Ebony? She's, Ebony's two years old. So Ebony's two years old. Yes. And for the record, we should say she's probably the cutest child on the planet. Mama. Ebony. I love those eyes. Like, <laughs> them eyes smile at me. And when I'm upset going through, I just look at those eyes and I'm like, <sighs> This being was created and I produced. I want to make sure we talk about your work in the media center, Street Sense Media Center, especially the filmmaking co-op. 
because I understand you've got a film in the works that's going to yes, be... Yes, my film is in the works. The gentleman from the film co-op, they was able to display their documentaries at the East Street Cinema. So I did participate with a couple of people's documentaries by helping them with the cinematography. So that was exciting. Straight off the bat, learning something, picking up trade. So I'm just loving it. I'm just loving it. And now I get to direct my own documentary because the females going to showcase their documentaries in August. So I'm excited. August 26th. I think oh. we, we've got a date now. Wow, I think. yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's exciting. And can you tell us a little bit about the, the film, like a plot summary? It's basically me transitioning out of D.C. General. D.C. General Family Shelter used to be D.C. General Hospital, where, in fact, Sasha was born 30 years ago. D.C. General has been in the news quite a bit recently, and not for good reasons. There's a lot going on, and the biggest thing was what happened to the girl, and um, that was before I got there, though. You know, why is... You're talking about Relisha Rudd? Yes, yes. Eight-year-old who went missing. Yeah, that's that's sad. I keep my daughter under my armpits, on my hip, on me, by me. Uh, No, 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 no. I just don't like the fact that a family shelter is on the same campus as a jail, a detox center. You know, it's an STD clinic. It's like, wow. The Relisha Rudd disappearance notwithstanding... The shelter is riddled with structural and sanitary issues. I mean, it's an old hospital building. Some parts of it is abandoned. The sixth floor looks a mess. The guy that came in from the Washington Post and what he was able to capture, that was something else. Seriously, because it's like you got to have a better building. They had scabies one time, so I had a letter under my door talking about somebody had scabies. And is it designed for women and children on one floor, men on another? Well, families, basically. Some is single fathers, single mothers, and it's families that have mother and father that's trying to maintain housing for two to five families. Then you got your special police officers, security officers there on each floor, and you have to sign in, sign out every time you go in and out the building. I won't miss that at all when I move, <laughs> by the way. That's amazing. That's putting action. See, this is the inside coming in. Job, so I got dude. that. Good job. And that's the check-in? Yeah, we got to sign in and out at that station. So I want you, as one assignment, and then still. Is, to, is to reshoot. Your so I spent a windy afternoon with Sasha, Ebony, Angie Whitehurst, a fellow vendor and a producer on the film, and their instructor, Brian Bellow. And you see how it kind of like, look at the lines that you have here. You've got great lines. So you see how, think of it as just like kind of drawing with shapes almost. You get this Are you nice using a legitimate camera or a phone camera in the show? I found with the filming pro app. It's amazing, right? Yeah, because these phones are so sharp. Technology, Apple, Android is banging too. I'm an Android, but I'm using an Apple phone. <laughs> So you're a mother raising a daughter at a shelter with a history and a notorious experience recently where a child was abducted, right? So your experience is raising a child here and then all of a sudden like seeing this 
you know, but, but yeah, that's yeah. I'm good. just like that's this is where I'm at. You know, showing me and my daughter. Well, can't really show me. My daughter ain't gonna hold the phone. When that means she's just gonna hold it and look at it. So I can't show me all the time like I want to, but I at least get to show her how she interacts with people, goes through the halls, you know, just be chilling. Like I like taking pictures. I have uh, so many pictures of my daughter because I need that. I love it. <laughs> so I have to find those moments where I can enjoy myself in any place I'm at. I've been through a lot of places, been through different shelters. Being at DC General is better than being on the street. Why does this work matter, this media, this new media work? Basically, you're showing as a whole people, you know, everybody's not the same. Everybody don't think the same. So it's like we're trying to show that we are more than what people say homeless, what people think homeless is, by us tapping into the outlets that we can use to show that message or for people to hear that message. I think it's a great idea. <sighs> it's like we're at the forefront of it, so it's like, let's keep this going, let's keep this moving. <laughs> so now that I'm at, like, the last destination, Voucher Street. Okay, so we're talking about your journey, and I like that notion. That's a really cool idea, like a cool concept. But do you mind sharing a little bit about your story, and you don't have to? So basically, when I first became homeless, that was November of 2003. I got my diploma June 2003, and I was raped at gunpoint, and I just didn't want to be in the neighborhood, and I didn't have that type of communication with my mom of what happened, because I was trying to take stuff, hold on to it internally instead of externally being young at the time. So it was a life-changing event once again. Yeah, how do you share that with anybody? I can't imagine. When did you start to talk about that? Well, when I started opening up about it, I felt like I was no longer a victim. I was, I'm a survivor. I'm still surviving. So at one point when I shared it, somebody else, you know, was able to talk about it. So it was kind of like a healing thing for me. So I don't mind sharing it. I mean, it happened. The experience was traumatic for me, though. A gun, like, <laughs> even when I say it, I'm like, really? You know? Whew, life. This reality, and then you have the good, the bad. And, and this was just in your neighborhood here in, in Washington? No. When I was in high school, I was staying with my mom. I was in Montgomery County, and um, it happened in Montgomery County. So I went to, that's when I started going to the shelter, and I returned back to D.C. because I went to the Potomac Job Corps in D.C. and Southwest, and I was a resident student in the dorms and stuff. So... But I mean, the process of being in a shelter, you know, not being with family, not having a family with you was so much different. But now I have a family, so it's like I had to work on myself when that happened. At the end of the day, what am I going to be doing? What is my point? You know, so I had to reflect, reevaluate some things, collect some thoughts, and, you know, just find my purpose. That's so important to have a purpose, to know that I have, you know, good days. I will have good days. I will be happy. So I have to continue to speak positive affirmations. One, I'm a good woman. I'm a great mom. I'm a good writer. I'm a director. 
I'm an artist, I'm multifaceted, I'm beautiful. Because I remember times I wouldn't even want to look at the mirror. I'm still dealing with being blind, you know, that's a whole nother event that happened. But it's just life changing, but I had to find my courage. And blind in your right eye? Yes, that was an accident. I was blind in both eyes when the accident happened. The airbag deployed and popped in my face, but... The left eye went back to 2020, but the right eye has extensive traumatic damage. My journey is my journey, you know? But hey, I'm a survivor. That's that Destiny Child song. I'm not going to get that. (laughs) Good stuff is going to happen, you know? And of course, when those things, those events happened to me, it was like, why? You know, I had to go through the process. Why? What is going on? Mm But what doesn't kill you makes you strong. I've heard that growing up, and I know the meaning. And even though what I've been through, there's somebody out there that's going through worse things. So, oof. Mm-mm-mm. And what were you doing before Street Sense? You, you mentioned you were working at a bank. Well, the bank was 2007, 2010. So fast forwarding to 2004. 14, because it's been a year. I was actually with my sister, but I was doing job skills training. And I was trying to, of course, find housing. So my mind was focused on where I'm going to work, if I'm going to work, or what I'm going to do, or how I'm going to apply for this, what is going on. I was just haywire, basically. And during that time, how were you managing, and, and maybe this isn't something you were aware of consciously, but was it like a kind of a coping mechanism that you... It was a not knowing phase. What's out there? Who can I talk to? So now I know this is what you would talk to. This is what you would do. But it was a whole journey within my journey. So it could have been better resources, but now that everything has changed because we have a new mayor, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, everyone's got a different style when they're selling the paper on the street. Do you do anything special? Yeah, I have to sing a song to keep myself motivated. But I say street sense, you know. And I let people know street sense is the Washington area street newspaper. But I let them know you can find out more on streetsense.org. And some people actually, like, what is street sense? I'm like, street sense, it's a great outlet for homeless or not former homeless individuals. Why should people support Street Sense? Supporting the movement means so much. Like, you're participating in the voice. Why not get involved? Why not? Like, (laughs) so much to be done, you know, with so little help. That's all we need is help. So much more to do, you know? And what would you like people to know about you that maybe they don't know? I'm a geek. I love technology. I'm actually want to study IT and engineering. So this is a hard question, but in in one word or a phrase, street sense is dot dot dot. So street sense is my foundation. Like I'm absolutely thankful that street sense exists and. All the opportunities they're opening up and just like a bubble. 
just love it all. While distributing papers, my voice has been able to become louder. I'm out of my shell, I've been, so I'm loving it. Okay, so you're, you're talking about the impact of the workshops. In streets as a nonprofit organization, it's like when you walk into these doors and meet these people, it's a whole nother environment, like the staff and the vendors and, you know, just coming to these workshops. Everybody in the workshop inspires me. Everyone in Street Sense as a whole, the volunteers, everyone inspires me. You inspire me. It's like... Can I get me a little a little choked up? <clears throat> like, you know, this, it's not a joke. You know, I keep hearing that. But Brian, he's amazing. Like, when he said the words, you're not clients, you're colleagues, that was deep. I was like, wow. Like, you thought you heard it all until you hear something new. Like... <laughs> So every everybody and th- and that's Brian Carone, the executive director. And then Brian Battle, he's just an amazing instructor for the film, and he's been inspiring me and motivating me, even doing my project. Like have a great team working with me, and I'm a part of a. All groups are good, all groups. I've been beating myself up for so long, being negative to myself, critical thinking, and all that. You know, and I don't want to be nobody's obstacle. You know what I mean? I just want to be able to smile more, send a positive energy if I can, enjoy my daughter while she's growing, enjoy my years, you know, be more healthy and change my whole lifestyle. Being multifaceted is a great thing. I love it. And my name is Sasha Williams, and you're listening to Sounds from the Street. That was artist Sasha Williams on securing permanent housing, the importance of a positive outlook, and directing her short documentary, Raise to Rise. Produced by the Street Sense Media Center, the film will show on August 26th at East Street Cinema. To hear more sounds from the street, check out streetsense.org audio. And please keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter at Street Sense DC. Sounds from the street theme song, I Need a Dollar, how to Make It in America, performed by Aloe Black from the album Good Things, used courtesy of Stone's Throw Records. The song was composed by Aloe Black with Leon Michaels, Nick Moshan, and Jeff Dynamite, used by permission of Songs of Cobalt Music Publishing, EMI Blackwood Music, slash Sony ATV. Rift, composed and performed by Jeffrey Roden, used courtesy of Jeffrey Roden and New Albion Records, used by permission of Big Tree Music. An excerpts of the following use courtesy of Creative Commons, found on WFMU's Free Music Archive, post-verbal by Nolt from the album Asol Lisali, and Sundown Theme for Over, Out, and House by Johnny Ripper from the album Soundtrack for a Film That Doesn't Exist. I love this podcast movement, and let me know if you need me back. I said, please, Mr. Bossman.